Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. When I was born, I was left by my parents. Completely infant baby, I was left somewhere. And someone just found me and put me in the hospital. And then my life started uh, going through the various orphanages. And in orphanages, you don't learn how to live life. You learn how to survive. And I needed to survive. I needed to survive from my infant age. I never had childhood. My childhood is a black, dark night where there is nothing. And can you imagine as a little child already experiencing depression, anger, and frustration, hopelessness? My childhood was a pit of hell. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome back to another episode of Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. It's always a joy to have you guys uh, listen to our podcast or watch our videos on YouTube. Very grateful for our followers on social media and for the subscribers on YouTube. So thank you so much for showing your support to us in that way. Also, another way that uh, you can be supporting us is through our Patreon page. Uh, very grateful also for our first uh, Patreon supporter that I actually mentioned in another um, episode that we did before. Very excited for our guest for today. I actually had the opportunity to listen to his testimony I believe it was like two years ago um, in our Bible study foundation. And I think you will be amazed to hear the story of this uh, man and how the Lord has worked in his life, how the Lord has protected him, how the Lord has been with him in every season of his life, whether he was still God's enemy and even after the Lord saved him. So please help me welcome Romans. Good afternoon. Yes, uh, my name is uh, Romans, and of course, I would like to add a middle name, uh, chapter 8, which is my favorite uh, chapter in the book of Romans, uh, but that's for another time, another podcast. <laughs> but but yeah, yes, my name is Romans, and I am from Latvia. Current, yeah, currently, I have enrolled at the MABC program at the Master's University, uh, pursuing another master degree in biblical counseling, so we will see how that will go. And also, by the grace of God, I have finished my MDU at the Master's Seminary. And yeah, I come from Latvia. But before I came to the Master's Seminary, I did my my degree at North Greenville University in South Carolina. That's where God exposed me more to one of the awesome families that I still call as my family. And uh, yes, that's me. <laughs> well, thank you, Romans, for that. And thank you, first of all, also for uh, agreeing to do this. I know that he mentioned he's a little intimidated by the camera, but that's okay, because he's going to be talking to me. So just very grateful that you are taking this time to come in to share the work of the Lord. But before we get to that part of 
your salvation and how the Lord saved you, I would love to hear, or for people also to get to know you about your childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, before I go in my testimony, mm-hmm. I usually like to bring uh, two passages uh, uh, from the scripture that kind of like unfolds the story of my life. And, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the passages that I would like to read would be from Psalm uh, 27, uh, verse 10. And then another passage would be from Romans chapter 1, uh, 16. And, uh, and these are beautiful words that Psalmist, uh, Psalmist uh, declares. And he says, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And, uh, and, uh, and then we go in Romans chapter, chapter 1, verse 16, and um, Paul makes this beautiful statement, and I would like to also add verse 17, and, and Paul uh, states as follows, I am, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first, and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So why did I, so why did I pick up these two passages? Through these two passages, I want to kind of like tell you uh, how God took me in his family and how that glorious, powerful gospel has changed me 360 degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we know in in nowadays society we know that there are so many attempts to change people's lives. There are so many attempts to change people, uh, helping them to become helping them to become better. And uh, unfortunately, all those all those means that government or society provides those are temporary. But if the person's heart has not been changed by the power of the gospel then the person remains the same and still ends up being the enemy of God. And, and that's why Paul could assure that, that, the gospel, that the power of the gospel is the only means that can change men from inside out. And, and I used to say, and sometimes I usually say, so if you want to change man's heart, you have to take the word of God and you have to aim for man's heart. And there is now any permanent changes except in Jesus Christ by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through these two passages, I'm going to I'm going to kind of like uh, will tell you the story how God took me in his family. So when I was born, I was left by my parents, completely infant baby. And, uh, and, and particularly sometimes I go and I want to kind of like address this from more from, from, from mother's perspective, because think about, think about this one, uh, uh, think about this one, moms, you have, you have hold, you have held in your hands that very fresh infant, fragile baby in your hands. And, uh, and when I came in this world, I was left somewhere and someone just found me and put me in the hospital and then my life was, then my life, my journey of my, the, the journey of my life started uh, going through the various orphanages. And, and another thing that I want to say is that's just my experience, but also there were some other testimonies that I heard uh, more from a research uh, position that uh, one thing that I want to say is that orphanages are almost like the, 
second places after the jail. I, I, I just want to say that in orphanages, you don't learn how to live life. You learn how to survive. And many times in orphanages, they don't, they don't teach you. I, would, I wouldn't like to say in a blank statement that they don't teach at all, but the teachers don't have enough time and resources many times to prepare these kids for life after when they leave orphanage. And one of the things that I was exposed, I was exposed to, uh, to the reality of surviving and I needed to survive. I needed to survive from my infant age till, till the time I left the orphanage. So, and yeah, my life went through, I went through the various orphanages and, and I usually I'm going to, uh, I would like to say that I never had childhood. My childhood is a black, dark night where there is nothing and can you imagine as a little child already experiencing depression, anger, and frustration, and uh, and and hope, hopelessness, and uh, and uh, and then and then then I try to figure out like how to how to how to get through life, how to how to get get through childhood. It's just uh, uh, that my childhood was a pit of hell, pit of hell. Another thing that you have to understand is that I didn't choose. To become an orphan. I did not choose to become an orphan. I didn't choose to, to, to be raised in orphanages, but, but God would have to, God would have to allow these circumstances to take place. At that time, I just didn't know what was the purpose behind. Because even, even as a child, I, I started to notice that, that there is other unities, there are other social components that you call families where there is a father, mother, and, and the, the children are, are being raised in those families. And, and as a little boy, I always wanted to be in family. And, and there were times when I was desperately crying and, and I was asking myself, uh, why don't I have family? Why don't I have father? Why I don't have mother? And, uh, and why don't I have siblings? Like, why is this that I have to be in orphanage? And uh, out of my dad, childish stupidity, it's not stupidity, I don't know other word that you can find, is that I wanted to have family so desperately that there were times when I ran away from orphanage, I put my life in risk and, and just hoping that I will find the family and, and, uh, and the other situations where when I was in, a, in one of those other orphanages and there were some other orphans and and I, I just remember that I told them that uh, if we set up this orphanage on fire, we will definitely find families. So, and God already gave me the God already gave me this these orator skills, and I could convince these other orphans that this is the things that you should do because I, because I was I was hundred hundred percent sure if we set on fire that orphanage. Then, that, then the problem of being an orphan will be solved. Of course, that didn't come true. And, uh, and then when I started to realize in, in what kind of danger, in what kind of troubles I have led myself and other orphans, I just thought, okay, the, the orphanage will be burned down, but where are we going to stay? And it's a winter time. And it's a winter time. And outside it's cold. And then I had to, how to figure out how to turn the tables upside down and that's like, I'm not going in details what I did, but I did something where I just basically lied. And I said the certain things 
can set the orphanage on fire. But I knew deep, deep in my heart that's not going to happen because there is no way that, that, that this is the way that you could set the orphanage on fire. But if you, if you want to know what I told them, then come after this podcast and I will, I will tell you. But in the front of camera, definitely not because that was a, this is a childish, uh, foolish thinking. But, but one thing that I want to say, the God's grace uh, has been... Uh, very, very sufficient. And, and it's interesting thing is, yeah, I'm going to kind of like jump from one fragment to another fragment. And I just want to show you how, the longings for family and uh, and then how God took me in, 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 in his family. I just want to show you so that sometimes you have to give the background information so that you can understand uh, how essential, how important it is to understand that you have been adopted by God. And sometimes background information matters so that you can understand like why Psalm 27 verse 10 is a such a core passage for my testimony and why Romans chapter 116 is another core passage for my salvation. So when I was a boy, I remember when I was a boy, one of the things that I really like to do, I like to collect books uh, with the pictures of families. I, I like to pick, I like to collect the books uh, of the pictures with the families and uh, and I picked them up and there were times uh, as a little boy I run in the corner and I started to flip these pages and looking in the families and and as a little boy I was crying and I was crying and I couldn't understand like why why I don't have family why 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 I don't have siblings and and uh, and and and, 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 and can constantly every time when I open the the book the book of the the family pictures i was just i was just crying and i was just crying as a little boy because what 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 else what else could you do when you are so emotionally overwhelmed with not having family overwhelmed being in the circumstances where you didn't choose to be overwhelmed with the reality that you didn't choose that i didn't choose to be an orphan and going through that life situation definitely it was tough and, 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 and I'm going to now I want to say another one other fragment of how much I wanted to be in family and how that that never came true in my childhood till I met Jesus Christ, till I embraced Jesus Christ as my personal savior and Lord was I, I remember I remember that I was approaching one of the teachers and, and I asked her if I can if, if I can call her as my mom, because that's what I wanted. And she told me, please never, ever dare to call me as your mother. I am not your mom. I am not your mother. I am just here to take care of you. And I'm just here to, 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 to prevent you. I just, I'm just here to, to just kind of like try to keep you away from troubles. That's all I do. And I have no business in your life. And I don't want to have any business in your life. And I just don't care. I just get paid. And don't you ever dare to call me as your mother. As soon as she said the words, don't ever call me as mother. The word mom was completely killed. I started to become, I became ashamed of that word. And I, I have never said that word in my life till... God graciously brought me to South Carolina and put me in Mackenzie family. And that Cindy Mackenzie was the first woman in 2013 that I dare 
to call as my mom. For kids who grew up in family, you subconsciously already call mom and dad, but not in my case. In my case, the concept of motherhood, the, the concept of, of someone calling mom or dad is something that is not there. And God's miracles will have to take place in order to heal that trauma in my mind so that I can dare to call someone as my mom or as my father. I'm still struggling to call someone as my father. This is something that it just doesn't, uh, it's very hard to explain. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, it's not there. And, uh, and the other thing is the sense of belonging as to family is something, the other thing that it's, it's, it's not there and it's not there. And, and every time when I struggle with that, I have to trust in God in the end in the, in of situation. So, and then uh, as I grew up, as I grew up, as I grew up and as I, as I was getting older, uh, stepping from my, from my boyhood into teen years, uh, I was never, I, I would like to say other thing is that I was never exposed. I don't want to say like 100%, but for the most part, I was never exposed to anything good as a child. Uh, there was very hard times to see whether the goodness is there. Most of the times I, I had experienced uh, wickedness, evil, uh, ev- ev- wickedness. And, and, and I just thought that if the child doesn't get exposed to anything good, there is only one side of the child is developed. And this is a, just a, okay, this is actually normal to, to grow as a, as a child. It's, it's okay having a, have being wicked, evil, and having wicked people around you, you know? And, 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 that's a, and, and this is the one side that I understood. Oh, this is the way how life should be lived, that there is no goodness in life. You know, and if this is the way how, how I should live my life, then I'm going to keep keep growing, keep becoming mad, angry, uh, violent, abusive kid. And I will tell you, I, I will tell you, I will tell you else that there's some other significant, uh, significant as- aspects in it that that as I grew up, my heart started to grow colder and colder. My heart started to become like a rock. And uh, and I started to to just uh, kind of like uh, sulk out all the emotions just to be that mean, nasty, angry, abusive, violent kid. And I will tell you with that, you know, as I grew up, the emptiness, the, 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 the sense of the emptiness, the, the, the void, the, the hopeless, the despair and, and the discouragement, depression, anger, it, the, all these, all these emotional elements just uh, kept increasing. They were like a turmoil. And there were times when I just, uh, they were, they were so much in my heart and they were so much in my head that one time when I, when I just uh, thought if I have to live for another day, I must be, I must go crazy. I must go nuts. Either, either, either I go crazy or, or the teachers should send me to the mental institution because I just thought in my mind, I just cannot bear, I can't bear anymore. This is too much. I even remember there were times that, that all this, the, the, all that emotional emptiness, the negative emotions, everything that the child goes through, I just, uh, it was, it was one time, it was so overwhelming that I pulled windows open during the winter time and I looked in the skies without knowing that, that you can have a God 
with whom you can build personal relationship, that you can have a God that can give sense of direction for your life. And, and as a little boy, I looked up in skies and I was crying and I was just uh, asking myself question. And I didn't ask that question to God. No, I didn't ask that question to God. I just uh, looked in the skies and I was asking myself question. How long will I have to keep going and experiencing that darkness? This is like a, if you have never been in that, in that, in that agony of the pain then you will never understand what how dark it can be when when you have nothing you have no protection you know you no one loves you everyone hates you because I have I, I just I was a troublemaker kid and, and kind of I got and, and I was just deep inside in my heart and I was crying I said how long I just can't I it seems like I, I can't make it anymore and with that I started to think that what could give me that, that, that could, the only thing, and I started to think kind of like getting towards uh, thinking about committing suicide. And this is another element that I have to tell before I tell how Jesus Christ uh, made all these things to go away is, yeah, I just thought the only way that I have to, the, the, only, the only solution to my eternal void, darkness, emptiness, depression, loneliness, everything is to just uh, take away my life. And, I, and, and, and there were times when I was contemplating on suicide. Every time when I was contemplating on suicide, it just, uh, it just uh, kind of like a little bit eased that spiritual, that emotional, that mental pain that I had. And I thought that finding the, thinking about the suicide is something that comforted me deeply, deeply, because I thought that this is, that this is the way that I should end this, this spiritual agonized pain that I had. And having said that, I tried to take away my life five times and I miserably failed. And I was just thinking, oh my, I am so wicked, so evil that even death is afraid of me. And I will tell you, whether you have a good life or bad life, whether you grew up in family or you grew up as a foster care, as, as a foster care kid or as a, as an orphan, listen, we all stand guilty before God. We all are guilty before God. It doesn't matter what kind of life you had. Whether you had good parents or bad parents, whether you grew up in absence of your parents or in the presence of your parents. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you are condemned for hell. And you already stand condemned in the presence of Holy God. And when you go in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, Paul makes an another Encouraging statement for those who are in Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation because Jesus Christ paid it all. And then trying to take away my life five times and miserably failing. I will tell you there was a once one one significant aspect in one of those orphanages where I took the scarf and I and I and I built inside. I and because the, I I kind of like was able to to hook up in those uh, the 
the beams of the of the curtains because I was super light and I knew that those be- that that these elements where I hooked up the scarf scarf uh, would 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 uh, to hold my weight because I was not super heavy, and and I'm not exaggerating. I am not exaggerating, and and I will tell you, this this is something that blowed my mind. And even today, when I think about that, this is still something very powerful. So I picked up this small stool and I stepped on, and and I was literally crying. I was literally crying and I was just saying, oh my, the life is so, so bad and I'm so bad and there is nothing else that I could add. I have to die. I have to die. And as I was trying to put my, my head in that rope and, and kicking that, that stool and that and the, and the, and the, uh, and that rope would would uh, because based on my mate would would choke my would choke my 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 throat and I would I would just gasp out my last dying breath and life would be over. Can you imagine? That's how heavy it was. It was so heavy that I found comfort in death, and that's not true. Because if you don't have Jesus Christ, what kind of comfort? Is there else? And I didn't know, I didn't know that God was standing behind all this distress and mistress that I had to go through. I did not know. Till one day, uh, there was a Christian family. And you know Christian families that are, that are truly led by the Holy Spirit. And, when, and they have compassionate hearts. And, and they always look after those who cannot help themselves. And this Christian family... And this Christian family uh, comes in, and I'm, I'm going to say other fragments in regards how I got exposed to the Word of God. Those are also very significant details uh, of that, that that is part of my story. Before I go and tell you a story about this family who, who came and took me in, I would like to kind of like a little bit tell you a story how I got exposed to the Word of God. When I was a kid, uh, the American missionaries came to one of these orphanages, and they were telling these great stories about Jesus Christ, great stories about this God and awesome. And, 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 and the way how they were evangelizing was so, so in that awe that I was just uh, thinking I would like to have that big, great God. But at that time, I, ha- I was clueless why in the world Jesus Christ would have to come. And would how to die on the cross for our sins. But, but and, and and I didn't come to I didn't come to the saving faith at that time. But but God just basically were kind of like getting my life, getting my steps towards becoming saved in Jesus Christ. And I was just thinking about this God, and and, and as a little boy, I was just a wow, wow, wow. But didn't but at that time I was not saved. And I and I, and then, and then I remember these missionaries from United States. They also were. Telling that if you want to learn something more about this great, awesome, powerful God, you have to read the scripture. You have to read the word of God because from the word of God, you can learn more and more about this awesome, powerful, mighty God. You can learn more and more about this Jesus Christ. And I just a little boy. Yeah, I want to. And I want to. And I remember the, the, the Americans gave this new, beautiful, colorful picture, New Testament to each of the group. And, uh, and, and I remember that also the missionaries said, like, if you pray, God will answer. And I was just thinking in my in my that little mind, I was just thinking, if I pray God, that God would give me that New Testament book, the, the, the New Testament, Ch- children's New Testament book. 
I think, I think if I pray, I think God is going to give me. So there were times when, when I go at nighttime, I, I, I fall, I go sleep, I cover my blanket and, and I, <laughs> my leg is, be, my, my, my head is between my toes and I'm praying. I said, God, please convict this teacher. Please convict that she should give that, the, the, the children's Bible to me because I really want to read. I really want to learn something more. Please, please. And I was praying. And, and next morning I woke up, I go in, a, in, the, in the group and, and I just look and I'm just thinking, is, 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 God, is God answering the prayer? Is God moving the teacher's heart? No, nothing is happening. And it didn't, didn't came that way. But I will tell you, it definitely, it definitely came in different ways. <laughs> this is, this, uh, that blows my mind. So as a boy, I always like to read. As a boy, I always like to read. And I still like to read. And, uh, and uh, you know, when if you're a reader, if you're a, kind of like a bookworm, then you always try to find to having lots of books, magazines, articles. And, and one time there was this magazine. I don't remember what was the article in. And there was this article in that, that it attracted one of the teacher's attention. It's a completely different teacher. And she comes and she's, but listen, my friends, I just want to correct you. I didn't understand anything about Jesus Christ. I didn't understand the reason why Jesus Christ died on the cross. At that time, I was not saved. I'm just telling you how God was directing my steps towards that glorious salvation in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and the teacher comes and she says, Romans, where did you get this magazine? And I said, that's not your business. That's my magazine. I'm not going to give it. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to take it. But where did you get? I said, I, I, and I said, that's not your business. That's my magazine. And I'm not going to give it to you. Okay. What would you like to trade this magazine for? And as a little boy, I said, I would like to trade this magazine for God's book. And she looks at me and she says, God's book? What do you mean God's book? I said, I said, I need a book that mentions very frequently God's name. I need a book that mentions God's God's name, God, the, the word God is mentioned there frequently. And I need, I need, I need that type of book. And she's like, God's book? What do you mean? Do you mean Bible? I said, yeah, 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 Bible. Can you, can you bring it that Bible to me? Can, can you get me? And she looks at me. Certainly I can do that. And when I bring, will you give me, will you give me your magazine? And I give you the the, and I'll give you the Bible. <laughs> and I said, I said, you better do quickly because I already have people behind me that also want to have this magazine. Oh, Romans, I promise I'm going to bring. Because, you know, in Orphanage, I had experience when the teachers give these such a big, uh, wide mouth, open statements, promises, and they never come true. And that's the other thing that kind of like frustrates you that, that, that they are not people of their own word, kind of like, you know. And I said, and, and I said, I said you better hurry. If, if, if you don't bring this, this, this God's book by Thursday, I'm, I'm going to get rid of this magazine. And I did that. Not necessarily that there were people behind me, but I knew how to manipulate. I knew how to press people. I knew. And I was, I was, I was great with manipulating and, and speculating. Not my speculating, but manipulating. And I just pressed that as urgent. I just need that. I just need the God's book. Uh, moving forward. She keeps, the, she keeps the promise. She brings four Gospels. Four Gospels. She brought, she brought the Gospel of Matthew, Gospel of Mark, Gospel of Luke, and Gospel of John. And, uh, and she said, the, here they are. And I said, ah, 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 I have to check it. That's, I have to check it. No, 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 no. And I just had a little boy's hand is pushing that teacher's hand because she wanted to grab that magazine. I said, ah, just wait. 
And you know, when there's a the little expert just flipping the pages and looking for, for God's name. And I said, oh, there's a Jesus name. Oh, oh, it's just, oh. And then I flipped through all the pages of these four Gospels, and it made me happy. I said, you can have this magazine. What's interesting thing is, before I knew Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, in these four Gospels, one of my favorite stories that I like to read over and over and over was Jesus Christ's crucifixion, Jesus Christ's humiliation and crucifixion. And the reason why I like to read the story about Jesus Christ suffering physically on the cross for our sins as an innocent man, because I understood that this man can relate to the abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse that I went through. And I kept reading that. I kept reading that. And, uh, but that was before I got saved. And, and I kept reading. And that was, my, that was my favorite story in the four Gospels. And I kept reading about Jesus Christ's crucifixion, death, and, 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 uh, and humiliation. How he was humiliated because of our sin. How he bore the pain, the, the agony pain. Because we have offended this holy God. And I read this story because in my little child's mind, I could understand, wow, this man who is innocent can surely understand what I'm going through. And that was something that I hold very dear without understanding the reason why Jesus Christ would have to go through that agonizing pain and the reason was sin and those that that things came in a little bit later and now moving forward i just want to say i am so thankful to god that god gave me a desire to read books because there were there were no any other ways that salvation could come in my life except through the things that i liked very much and uh, and the family came and, and they said hey we would like to take one of the one of the boys uh, to 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 our family just for summer and and i remember and uh, and the teacher said yeah we would be we would be happy if you can take all of those i was not there but i assumed that the teacher said if you can take all the boys from the orphanage to your home we would be happy because boys are the ones that cause more trouble than the girls <laughs> that would not be always true but boys do that because they that's how God made them. They're risk takers and <laughs> go, they go wild. And you know, when if they if they have to shepherd 60 orphans during the summer, then then the end of the end of the day when they go home, they just barely can can catch their breath, how much they had to run around to keep us in, in order and kind of like that. You know? The family said, No, 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 we just wanna we just wanna just wanna have one one little one just one boy. And uh, and then oh, okay, sure. So they bring that family in the in the dorms bo- in the, in the in the boys dorm and in the playroom where i was playing i don't i was not i don't remember what i was doing but i was sitting on kind of like this chair and kind of like spinning around you know sometimes boys do crazy things for no reason kind of like that and uh, and as soon because there were other boys and as soon as i spin the table as soon as i spin the chair the teachers were asking which one would you like to take and as I spin 
and the family looked in my eyes and they said, we would like to take that boy. And the teacher's jaw was wide open. Are you kidding me? If you take that boy, your summer is over. You will regret for the rest of your life that you took that boy. You just don't know what you are signing for. And the family's answer was, let's see what Jesus can do. So they, they work all the formula- formalities, everything. Now I'm in the family, and in that family, everything is about God. Everything is about Jesus Christ. Everything is about the Holy Spirit. Everything, everything, everything is about God. And that upset me. And, and keep in mind, keep in mind the, the, the previous fragments that I told from my life story that as a boy, I like to read stories about Jesus Christ's suffering. And now I'm in the family and, and, uh, and I, and I, and I hear, and they just talk about God, everything, everything is about God, everything, 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 you know? And I said, I said, you must be the most pathetic, the most stupid people for believing in a, such a God who has left me completely with nothing. You are so dumb. You're so stupid that how can you call this God? Awesome, wonderful, good God that has stolen my childhood. How, how can you call this God good? And I said, you're pathetically stupid. You, I, that's what I said. It's like, and don't you ever dare to bring this name, Jesus Christ, on the table. If you're going to do, I'm going to cause you trouble. And I know that you're going to bring me back to the orphanage because there were some other families who tried to take me in and they didn't know what to do with they Because, because if, if the child doesn't experience intimacy, intimacy becomes an enemy. Because in that intimate level, children, the children who never grew up in family, who had never experienced the parents' intimacy, intimacy becomes, intimacy becomes enemy, an enemy. And it becomes in a such a way that the, the, these children, they feel like threatened. They feel threatened because the only thing that they have been exposed to is such a wild, impersonal orphanage where there are no relationships, where you just uh, try to fight for your own breath, where you just uh, try to fight for your own life. That's all it is, you know? Uh, and, I, and I told him, I said, and I know if I'm going to cause trouble, you're going to get rid of me. You're going to send me back to the orphanage because, because other families did that. And, and listen, what worse can happen? What worse can happen if you send me back to the orphanage? Because worse things already have happened. And, and, nothing, and, and I'm not afraid. Because I already have been humiliated, I have been taken from the orphanage, I have been put in the family, and the families, there was like a back and forth going, and it's just a place with your emotions, and it just, it, it, is, it is bad when you do that with the, uh, with the orphans or foster care kids, yeah, and kind of like that, because those are all, because everyone is a, a, relation, a rela- relational being, God made us as relational beings. And this is the thing that cannot be taken away from anyone, whether you're an orphan or you grew up in, 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 in family, whether you're a foster care child or, or, or in normal family. We are relational beings. God has set that mechanism in our, in our inner beings that we tend, we have a tendency, we incline to build relationships, whether for, whether for good or worse. And that's how it is, you know? And when they try to bring more Jesus Christ on the table, more Jesus Christ, I said, you better shut up. 
Now, don't you ever bring Jesus Christ on this table. I just don't want to care. And I don't, I know what, if you're going to do that, I'm, I'm going to cause you troubles. And I'm going to force you to bring me back to the orphanage. I'm going to force you. And many times, and, and this is the other thing. This is the other thing. There's got lots of things in it in this story. Is this an orphans, since they have been betrayed from the mother's womb, for them to trust in people's goodness is something that doesn't come easy. I always tested the other teachers and that family. How, go- how long are you going to be good? How long are you going to be kind to me? If I have been pushing you, I just want to see. And I did that purposely. I kept pushing. I kept testing whether they will remain kind, whether they will remain good, whether they, that, that they claimed God's unconditional love still will, 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 will be there. Even if I am the worst case in that family, I made that family cry and, and I made their summer miserable and they did not dare to say anything about Jesus Christ. Did not dare to say anything about Jesus Christ. And, but I'm so thankful to God. God couldn't get my attention through that family because I just thought it's all it's baloney. All these Christian statements are baloney and, and they are very cheap and I'm not going to buy into it because I already have been betrayed. I already have been, have been betrayed to, to, from, since, since I was born. I just don't trust. And, and you know, when, when, you escal- when you escalate that, that negative thinking, then it's very hard to trust people because you always think that someone is going to take advantage of you. And, but one thing that I'm so thankful to God, in that home, they didn't have any secular books. Because in orphanage, I had secular books and I like to read. And I like to read these secular books, the stories, the fantasy world, everything, to just, a, to just, a, to just a shut my mind, to just a kind of like calm my all negative uh, emotions, all these negative feelings, this dark, the emptiness, the void. And I wanted to fill with the fantasies and I wanted to fantasize. But in that family, they didn't have, they didn't have any secular books. Everything was about God. Because I'm inclined to read and I like to read, I started to read all these magazines, the Christian magazines. I started to read these really good uh, uh, pastor's books. And, and then I end up going back to the word of God. And, 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 and when, I, when I encountered with these Christian magazines, I remember one thing. There was something that sincerely would take away that all emptiness, the void, the meaning, meaningless of my life away, those, those negative emotions, this, this discouragement, despair, depression, loneliness, all those dark emotions kind of like were taken away. And, and, and as I was reading these magazines, these Christian magazines, that was a something, something that I never experienced before. And I wanted to keep, this is something, this is something transcendent, something that, that, that you don't experience unless God allows you to experience. And I wanted to keep that. I wanted to keep that feeling. And you know, and, and I finished reading and I went to the books and I, and I, and I finished reading the, the, the magazines. I finished reading the books and I went to the word of God. And in the gospel of Matthew chapter six, there was, I don't remember exactly what was there that locked my mind, locked my attention and created a further desire to keep reading the New Testament. And as I was reading through the New Testament, by the grace of God, five reasons encouraged me to trust in Jesus Christ. And these five reasons are as follows. Jesus Christ can sympathize 
with the with the frailties, with the weaknesses, with the pain on all levels with humankind. This is the first reason that I dare to start to think that it might be worse to trust in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ can sympathize with the weaknesses, with the pain that all men go through and yet without sin. That's the first thing. Second thing, there is forgiveness of my sins in Jesus Christ. Third, Jesus Christ can be and will ever be my best friend and I don't have to fight anymore and I don't have to be anymore that stingy boy to just have lots of friends. This is a third reason. So Jesus Christ can sympathize with human weaknesses and yet without sin. When I say weaknesses, I include everything, brokenness, pain on all levels. There is forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can be and will ever be your best friend. Basically, Jesus Christ will never, ever ditch you, no matter how bad Christian you are. Because listen, you have to understand that the death of Jesus Christ was not a cheap game. It was not. It cost everything so that we might be saved. And you have to understand, the crucifixion, the death of Jesus Christ, cost his own blood so that we might be saved. That the fourth reason is that there is a bright future and hope ahead of us. And I'm not talking, I am not talking about earthly future. Because if you think about bright future that eventually will bring brokenness, shatteredness, disappointment, pain, death. What kind of bright future are you talking about? But Bible talks about that ultimate, eternal, bright future. And that is that one day there will be absence of sin. There will be absence of God's curse. There is not going to be any more pain. There is not going to be any more groanings. There is not going to be anything that sin brought. That's the type of bright future that I'm talking about. And the hope that the Holy Spirit nourishes in our hearts to keep focusing, to keep gazing upon Jesus Christ's accomplishment on our behalf, setting that bright, beautiful future ahead of us. That's, that's the bright future that I'm talking about. There is a fifth reason, and I just don't remember. I, I have to go back in my notes, but there is a fifth reason why I also dare to trust in Jesus Christ. Because he could sympathize with my brokenness. There is forgiveness of my sins in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can and will ever be my best friend, and he will never ditch me. I had experienced how many people, how ditched me, how betrayed me. I had experienced that, but it will never happen with Jesus Christ. And then there is a hope and bright future ahead of you. And if I have to say eternal, never-ending, bright future ahead of you. And these are the reasons why I dare to trust in Jesus Christ. And as soon as soon as I embraced Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord, 
I'm not kidding. I just literally felt how the heavens came up on me. Within five seconds, I was changed from that bad boy to starting to become normal boy. And when I was brought back to the orphanage, when the teachers saw how much changes have been done by this awesome, powerful, amazing Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, they looked at me and they said, Romans, what has happened? You're not anymore the same old Romans like you used to be. What has this family done to you? Are you sick? Are you okay? Are you mentally there? You just don't understand. And that made me mad. And I said, it's like, again, you don't like something. Before I knew Jesus Christ as my personal savior, you tried everything. You tried all the, you brought all the means on the, on the table to help me to become a better person. And you failed. And I never became a better person. I just became better person because of Jesus Christ. And, and it made me so mad. Uh, and I said, I said, again, you don't like something. If you don't like something, go see Jesus Christ. I can't go back where I was. I can't be, I cannot be unsaved anymore. Once I'm saved, once I'm in the arms of Jesus Christ, I just cannot go back where I was. Whether you like it or not, you have to stick with that. And listen, they were far more afraid of me after when I got saved than before. And you know what happens when Jesus Christ takes your personality, when Jesus Christ takes you and changes and transforms and gives these divine desires and you are just overwhelmed with that heavenly reality. You just preach gospel. And you know what happens when you preach the gospel, when you when you call names and words in the, in, in, in the way as they are, you know, in, like when you call them in the way they, they reflect the reality, these teachers got scared because I told them, you are sinners, you are condemned. You're... And I was that little preacher and I was that little preacher and I kept preaching, I kept preaching and they got scared of me because they didn't want to be confronted with the, with the power and truthfulness of the gospel. So you see, my friends, going back to these two passages, Psalm 27, verse 10, and Romans chapter, chapter 1, verse 16, you see how these two passages are part of my life story and telling you a story how God has brought me in his family through this glorious, powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what can change the society. The, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only, only means through which society can become a better institute or the better, better uh, components of people. Am I, am I dismissing other social events where we help people finding jobs, uh, finding schools and doing all these things? No, those are good reasons. But listen, man doesn't get changed by these means, by these external means. Man can be changed 100% only and only through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And final note that I want to say, when I was in high school, one of my passages that became super, super powerful to me was Isaiah chapter 53. The, 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 the suffering servant. I remember, I remember, I went in one of those classrooms. I went in those classrooms. And, and you know, when I got saved, when I got saved, I was carrying the Bible with me everywhere. 
And I told, I, I told myself, I can forget everything. I can forget to eat. I can forget everything. But I cannot forget the Bible. I need that Bible. But when I went in, the, in one of the classrooms and I sat down and while, teacher was checking, uh, while the high school teacher was checking other kids' uh, homework, I just uh, somehow opened Isaiah chapter 53 and I started to read. And, you, and, and all the descriptions of this suffering servant, of this innocent suffering servant that he had to, we would have to bear on our behalf. And as I read through, I started to cry in a, like I could not control crying. I was, I was crying and I, I was crying. And, and because, because as I was reading through Isaiah chapter 53, I was just reflecting on my childhood. How much? I had to suffer in order to make through life. And as I was reading, it just gripped my heart. It gripped everything. And I was crying. And, and also I was crying and I got encouraged that Jesus Christ is the only true person and God who can sympathize with every weakness, with every struggle that you go through and you can approach Jesus Christ and he's not going to push you away. He can sympathize. He can put the arm around you and he can say 100%. I understand what you are going through. That's why my yoke is easy because Jesus Christ knows the pain of mankind. Jesus Christ knows the pain of mankind because he experienced and that's why we have a legit savior who is not an abstract being that's the part and so and as i was reading through the teacher comes and she just sees how my tears are dropping in these pages of the bible and she says romans are you crying and you know in our culture we say that real men don't cry (laughs) <laughs> and I just, I said, oh, no, no, you, you know, man's pride, kind of like, you know. Uh, and, you know, can you imagine that you, you, you already learned from your boyhood the certain things that you have to say in order to show up that you're a real man, you know. And, 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 and yeah, my tears were dropping and, uh, and the teacher said, are you crying, Romans? And I said, I said, no, 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 no. Yesterday I just went to, I went on the beach and I was just enjoying the sea and the, and the sand got in my eyes and just uh, smashed my eyes. And, and I have been, I have been, my, my, my eyes were in tears like since yesterday. But of course, emotionally, you know, you can't fake cry. You can't, fra- you can't fake cry. And, and, uh, and yeah, man, and uh, yeah, th- this, is, this is the final note that Isaiah chapter 53 is something that once in a while I read and I reflect on my childhood that also encourages me to keep, to, to hold fast on the reality that Jesus Christ can understand you hundred percent. Jesus Christ can understand every groaning, every struggle that is on your heart. And therefore, I would like to encourage you to come Jesus Christ without hesitation. Put your trust in him as your personal Savior and Lord. And even if people, friends have ditched you, if you have Jesus Christ, you have the best friend forever and ever. And no matter how, how, how bad your relationships as a believer become with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will never ditch you. Think about this beautiful picture of Peter who betrayed Jesus Christ 
three times in a public square. And what did Jesus Christ did? He sought to restore relationship. That's the friend you can get if Jesus Christ becomes your Savior and Lord. Thank you so much for, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just a reminder again of your story and just like refreshing every vivid moment of your childhood, which you said, I didn't have a childhood. And just thinking of the missionaries that the Lord in his kindness and his grace and his mercy sent to this orphanage. And just to remind ourselves how important it is for people to go out and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to go as missionaries. Yeah. Yes, we have a mission field here, probably around us, like maybe next door, but also out there in the world. You were in Latvia, yeah, and yeah. these were Americans yeah. that came to yeah. Latvia and yeah. brought the Bibles and yeah. how the Lord just used this book, the God book, <laughs> you yeah. called yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. to open your eyes and to... Yeah. But at that time, I, but that time I, did, I, had, I had no clue why the Jesus Christ uh, had to die on the cross. And, mm-hmm. and I even had not clue that Jesus Christ uh, was raised from the death. This is something that was a kind of like a one small sparkle of direction from God coming. And that's what started to kind of like gear my, my steps closer and closer to God till that culmination point where I put my trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord. Yeah, and that's how it is, right? We have to go through so many different experiences. All of us, obviously, we ho- we all have a different story. The yeah. Lord is the writer of every story. But just to see how the Lord used that to, to prepare your heart. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. though you encounter this family speaking about this Jesus that you have been reading about, but yet you can't comprehend this intimacy with this Savior and that He loves you and that there is good in Him because you never had that. Yeah, It's something that it, it was never given to you. Yeah, All you knew was evil. Yeah, You just knew the darkness yeah. and that's it. And that's but when it. you come to the beauty of Christ, which is perfect, mm-hmm. which is holy, which is something that we can even comprehend as we become believers. Yeah. I mean, I can I can see why you will refuse any goodness coming from the Savior, <laughs> right? Like Definitely, everyone yeah. is like faking it. Like everyone yeah. is being betraying you. Everyone yeah. is just not being kind to you. Maybe they, they're kind, but not long enough. Yeah. Because you test their patience so well that they just give up. Yeah. But that's the kindness of our God and, yeah. and the goodness and, and, and how wonderful he is that he never, ever gives up yeah. on any any of yeah. his sheep. Yeah. And, and just, a, uh, just, a, just a complimenting on what you were saying. If Jesus Christ did not give up dying on the cross for our sins, why should we? Why should we give up on God if he did not give up? Because, mm-hmm. because at the state of being sinful, at the state of being separated from God, if someone would look from outside, they would, they would say, you're a hopeless case. I was mm-hmm. a hopeless case. Teachers, ch- teachers already determined that either I will end up killing myself or I will end up being in the mental institution or I will end up in prison. 
And those were teachers' words. Like, uh, because, because one time when I went back to those auto, to one of the orphanages, and there was a one teacher, he just remembered me, and he, that's what he told me. He said this one, Romans, when you were brought as a little boy, when we looked, we just thought that you will never, ever become a good man. Never, mm. ever. You're completely written off. But look at what happens when, when Jesus Christ comes and takes your life and mm-hmm. starts to put pieces piece by piece together mm-hmm. and when when he saw me he was he was he was he was in shock mm-hmm. that completely he can't recognize you yeah. you are completely changed from inside out and and that's why i keep promoting i keep advocating for the power of the gospel that is needed to change the society mm-hmm. to change yeah. the society because every man that gets changed through the power of the gospel, Jesus Christ, society can become a better place. Seriously. Mm-hmm. No other, there are no any other means that man can become sincerely good except through Jesus Christ. Amen. And yeah. I mean, and that's just to say also that it is, it is a witness to, to the world that though they try to erase God from this world, yeah. mm-hmm. they can't. No matter what you yeah. do, no matter even if you prohibit for people to read the Bible or whatever, you can never like erase God because yeah. people are seeing the changes. Like th- like you said, this is an unchangeable person. Nobody can change this person. I'm sorry, you haven't met God. So yeah. it's it, it's like until we come Definitely. to know the Lord, the, Je- the Lord Jesus Christ, that our lives can be transformed. But I do have a question for you. Yeah. Yes, you came to Christ and the Lord, praise the Lord, he changed your life. He transformed, like you said, your life from the inside out. And we know that when we come to the family of Christ, um, there is a closer relationship. There is this love that is supposed to be among each other. There is fellowship. There is uh, being in union, you know, like united as one body. And, you know, yeah. when we are a church or when we're here, when we fellowship, right? So there is a relationship that it's a closer relationship. How do you feel that it has been for you to adjust to this new life? What was the process like for you to adjust to a life that you completely was it you were against this whole thing of relationships and like having friendships or being afraid that someone will betray you? Um, how has it been for you to be in this new Christian walk yeah. and mm-hmm. among believers? That's 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 really that's that's a really good thing. Is and I just uh, that's a good question, but maybe maybe I'll, I will I will I will come with the answer that might directly or indirectly answer answer your yeah. question. Uh, one thing that I have to one thing that I have to say, uh, there are several passages in the Word of God that claims that God is the defender of orphans, and I will tell you something. All my cases where I could not help myself, where I have been put in danger, were defended by God through His people, and when I say that God is defender of orphans. It is true, and I can testify that 100% how God has been taking care of me as a former orphan. And God definitely has no delight when, you, when someone takes advantage 
of someone that cannot defend himself or is vulnerable or is naive because has never been exposed or never been trained in the in the realities of the of the other side of the world and other parts of the world and so like I would say how how has that been it's like just a contemplating and remembering what God has done in the past mm-hmm. how God has been faithful in the past keeping his word taking care of me is the one reason that that helps me to uh, to get adjusted to this to this new family and and uh, and I, I would say I would say I am greatly greatly thankful to God yeah once in a while I do struggle with the sense of belongingness but then the holy spirit does his part that he always reminds me of his people who were there when I had no one mm-hmm. and that's what I don't know if I if I have yeah, answered yeah. the question. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I have answered the question, but that's that's what I want to say is that that God that that God's faithfulness, God's truthfulness, and uh, and His commitment mm-hmm. to take care of you is the one thing that constantly encourages me to to adjust and 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 embrace God's family. On the on the next level, but but I don't know if I have answered. Yeah, the question. no. So I guess yeah. So just having that's like struggling probably with feeling like you belong somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. That, that. yeah, yeah. And I I think also my other question will be: Have you ever felt like you have been treated differently? Yeah, because of you know definitely. because of your past or whatever yeah, how you are definitely 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 but when i when i want to say being treated uh, differently it's 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 like uh in in god's family being treated differently is always comes from the from the good side you know but but but, but maybe the way how i was raised and the way how was my childhood i think i i i, I think a little bit differently and maybe i communicate things a little bit differently mm-hmm. but but all things uh, uh i would say i would say from god's family I, i have to mention particularly grace community church when I, when i came one thing that i can speak highly of grace community church is that grace community church always was there for me through few families while I was going through the seminary because even in the master seminary there were times when I was praying god please take me away from this place please take me away from the master seminary i don't want to i don't want to continue to pursue this degree because uh, i just don't want and and there is so much overwhelming situations and i prayed god it's a god i'm done and uh, every time when i was just uh, praying that prayer the holy spirit just reminded me of some dear precious families from grace community mm-hmm. church who were there and who were supporting me when i was struggling with those dark moments someone already someone texted me or or wanted to call me reach out to me and and one thing that i want to say is that the grace community church has been one of the best churches that i had ever experienced in my life how the families unconditionally took initiative steps to help me to get through the seminary. Mm. And one other thing that I want to say about Grace Community Church that if you come to Grace Community Church you will never walk in your struggles alone. Mm. God will send someone who will be there for you. Mm. I can say that from my own experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and Grace Community Church has helped me to see 
and understand uh, better or our next level what the family is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can testify, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and I and I like Grace Community Church. Yeah. I will always be thankful to God for such a wonderful church in mm-hmm. Los Angeles <laughs> City that mm-hmm. exalts the name of Jesus Christ and sticks close to the Word of God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I want to backtrack a little bit because I, I still don't know yet how you were able to make it here to America. Uh, so this is a- <laughs> I do. I do want to hear. I yeah. think that's a question that has been in my mind. Okay. Yeah. So this all of a- this wonderful thing happened yeah, in Latvia a- and amazing. Yeah, how yeah. do you get to this America? Is a, this is, a, this is an, an other long story. But Give me the version, the short well, version. The, the short version would be that there were some other missionary fam. Basically, when I left the orphanage, there was a, one of the friends whom I got to know when we went on our on our journey to when we went on our on our trip to Germany. Then one day he just came and he said, "Romans, you have to leave Latvia. You have to go beyond the borders of Latvia because if you stay in Latvia, you will never." you will never change because you because you have circumstances, you have places where you have been around and, and, and you have to see the world com- from completely different angle. Mm-hmm. And uh and basically basically in that very joking way he just uh, kind of like pushed me to come to the United States and he suggested me the college that I should apply. And I looked around I looked and uh, I looked on the website of that college in South Carolina and I said, no, I don't like, I just don't like, that's so boring. And, and I come back <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, next week, next week he, he comes and says, hey, Romans, did you apply? Did you apply for that college? I was like, no, heck no, I'm not going to do that because I don't like that college. That's boring and, and that's not for me. And, and he said, he said, Romans, I just don't care. If you're not going to apply for that Bible college, then, uh, then we are no longer friends. And I didn't know that he was teasing me, but I took that thing so seriously <laughs> that I, when I reached out, when I reached out to the college and they say, hey, do you know that, that and that, that type of missionary family in Latvia? I think if you go to them and if you talk with them, they can, they can, they can help you. They can, they can help you. So I found that missionary family on Facebook. I found that missionary family on Facebook. And I said, hey, I was just wondering if I can come over and, and we could talk. And I think you can, you can help me. So, oh, yeah, sure. So they, they set up the meeting and, and, we, and, and we, we, I go and uh, <laughs> I drop my application. And I say, I want to go to this Bible college and I want to I be there. Not not sincerely that I really wanted to go. I just wanted to go because my You're friend fine. is getting mad and and he <laughs> wants to become my enemy if I don't apply. And the, and, the, and I remember the family said, I said, "Wow, Romans, no good afternoon, no no knowing names, no anything. You just want to go to Bible college." I said, "I guess yes, that's all it is." So, like, oh well, Romans, we will have to get to know each other a little bit. Yeah, and that family was like a bridge because when I came to the United States, I came with no penny. Mm-hmm. I came only with with two suitcases and and even not knowing whether 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 there will be uh, enough money for me to stay in college and pay tuition and stuff like that and uh, and that family was used by God to bridge to help me and it's interesting thing is when I went to the embassy because my friend other my friend wanted to go to United States and he got rejected. Mm-hmm. And when I showed up in American embassy, and when that sweet, nice lady, she just looked at me, and this, these are the words what she said, for you, there is not going to be any problem 
for you to go to the United States. That's mm-hmm. going to be very quick. And then I, then I came to South Carolina. I went, I, I went through the Bible school. And then the, the, the God brought this awesome... I have to mention that family's last name, McKenzie family. That family became my family <laughs> and uh, and that uh, my friends uh, my friends mom my friends mom became my mom and one day one time i was like uh when it was in summertime i'm in my bedroom and the holy spirit starts to bring this petromas have you noticed yours yours you start to call your friends mom as your mom and i started to realize and that because like i said in my testimony that I thought that I would never, ever speak the word mom, ever. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. But you see how God transforms, how God changes things, and, and how God heals. And, and in 2013 was the first time when I, when I called mm. Cindy McKenzie as my mom. And when I, when I said, I meant deeply, because if you have never been if you have never been raised by family, if you have never been exposed by the intimacy of your parents, then this mm-hmm. is something foreign or foreign to you. It's just very something strange. This is something abstract that you cannot comprehend because the concept has never been developed in your mind. And, and that's like, so yeah, came to South Carolina, finished my studies there. And then, uh, and then also along way coming to the master's seminary, there was another international student advisor uh, her name is Christine Dixon, and and at that at that time my English was not good either. <laughs> and uh, and you're not. I tried to I tried to apply. And the way how I found the master seminary, the, the way how I found the master seminary was not that someone told me. I just uh, was writing an essay on Paul's life, and, and you know, as a good student, the primary source that they use is Google, <laughs> Google Mother, and <laughs> search the terms. I think uh, you can you can relate to that for those ideas. Yeah, yeah. I, I am on Google every day, honestly. <laughs> I can like, yeah, yeah, I am on Google every day. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, and then that the, the master seminary website, uh, the must now what showed up the doctor block was was uh, was main was was picking up some excerpts from John MacArthur's study Bible and put on his website. And if I remember, the website's name was Theological Studies. Mm. And, uh, and that, that was the first website that kind of like jumped, jumped, jumped in the front of my, in front of the screen. And I started to read and I was just like, ah, I'm still not happy. That's like a small information. And I started to navigate on the left side on the corner, there is this blue link called the masters. And in my mind, I just thought, okay, if I click on that, if I click on that link, I will definitely surely find more information about, about Paul. That was my kind of like <laughs> anticipation or expectation. Yeah. And I clicked and I clicked and I started to look more, more, more uh, inf- um, for more information about Paul and, and I was just pushing away and then I kind of like the master's seminary and one thing that, that, that kind of like locked my mind or captured my attention was the master's seminary's uh, high view of scripture mm-hmm. because, because knowing me how the word of God changed me from inside out I thought oh maybe I should try I tried and as an international student at that time my English was not good was really bad and I had to take a TOEFL English test and I failed and I and I and I spent all my $200 savings at that time and <laughs> nothing and uh, and and I remember there was an email saying I guess Romans we we believe that God is closing these doors and uh 
And uh, God is opening some other doors. But I'm so grateful to God that God allowed me to stay in in United States for for that particular period of time where I started to make friends and and uh, and that these as, as I was engaging with these friends and and they helped me with English. And I remember two years later, two years later. Uh, one of my friends who knew how much I wanted to go to master seminary and how that didn't work out, and and uh, and he was just asking me, "What are your future plans?" And I said, "I said I have no." He said, "Why don't you try the master seminary again?" And I told him that was in South Carolina. I said, "How dare you to to remind me of my painful past? You know, tried tried and nothing worked. I said, try again, try again." <laughs> and I said, "Okay." And and I, I I remember, I remember I I called I called Christine Dixon. And I said, hey, Christine Dixon, do you remember me uh, from that time when when I tried to apply and 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 get uh, and in the master seminary enrolled in the in the in in the program mm-hmm. uh, of your school? And, and one thing that she was very very shocked was that how well I was speaking English because before that, when I called and we talked and and she you know as a, as a nice lady tries to pretend that she can understand but actually she couldn't understand <laughs> what I was saying emails were completely broken and everything it's just a, it just didn't make sense but yeah. but at that time god was significantly working on my english sending friends and 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 then giving me an english teacher who was tutoring me uh, through that school and and yeah and when she heard that she just uh, said wow romans this is something that i wouldn't expect Mm-hmm. But this is something big, and I have to go and share that testimony with the faculty of the master seminary. And yeah, and as soon as she shared the testimony, that she know me, and uh, has been trying, and yeah, next next the following year, I was on my way to the master seminary. But even even then, when I came, when I started to realize what is at stake and how much work that's gonna be there, my heart started to. <laughs> to kind of like a little bit shake and there were there were times very frequently times when I was praying God please take me away from this school I don't want to be I just don't want to be but but by the grace of God by by the grace of God and by God's provided people I I finish the master seminary and no one would ever thought that I would ever be able to speak English and no one would ever thought that I would get that far because of God, because mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus Christ gives vision for your life, you keep running mm-hmm. till he says, time is up, you have to go home. Well, and you graduated last year, right? Yeah. Last yeah, year. Yeah. And so now you have a master's, you said. It's uh, on the beginning it, in your introduction, you were saying. So you have... Uh, I have I have, a, I have a, a MDL, MDL degree, the master's uh, divinity. And now I'm pursuing uh, MABC, the Masters of Arts in Biblical Counseling. See, see how that will go. And where uh, at the Masters University? Masters University, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. And what a blessing from the Lord, all the way from Latvia to here in LA, pursuing now another Masters. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's uh, like uh, that's why other other mottos that I have is that with God all things are possible. Mm-hmm. When, when, because even I, I will tell you something. God can make deserts as a green pastures. Mm-hmm. God can make the the dry rivers full of water, and that's how that's who is this amazing God. 
mm-hmm. with him, all things are possible. And if you are in the circumstances, if you're in situations that there is no way that you can get out or there is no way that things can change or whatever it is, I can solemnly encourage you that with God, all things are possible. And the reason why? Because the way how God works is will we'll never be comprehended by human by human mind. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't have to give account the way how he performs his wondrous, miraculous deeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since you mentioned that uh, from a young age, you loved reading, mm-hmm. I, I would like to know some of your favorite books, whether it could be books that, well, we know that the Word of God helped mm-hmm. you as a child, but other books that have been helpful in your own spiritual walk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say besides, besides the Bible, my another favorite uh, book that I really like is Wine Grudem's uh, Systematic Theology book. I mean, I have uh, the older version, and I think uh, that book uh, was the first book that was given me as a gift when I was in South Carolina. And it was given during the time when my English was not good. But mm-hmm. when I opened the pages of that book, that simple language that was there, and how Wine Grudem, Wayne Grudem explained all the aspects of God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and and uh, and God's kingdom and the church was something. I think Wayne Grudem's uh, Systematic Theology book is one of my favorite books that I really like to go back and read, and and I always find delight and pleasure mm-hmm. and uh, an encouragement to read that book. What's the other book? I I have I have several other books that would be my favorite. But but they, because since there are so many, I think I think Wayne, Wayne Grudem's systematic theology book is the one that definitely stands out the most. And sometimes if you come over, you will see my old version, not the old, the, the 2003 version of Wayne Grudem's book. And and uh, and you will see how that book has been scrutinized <laughs> and, and, and it's already falling apart, falling the pages eventually okay. will come out because I have been using that book. Mm-hmm. for my spiritual journey. And that book has significantly helped me to understand what is the spiritual growth in Jesus Christ about. And that's that that's that's the one book that I can say is my favorite. And then my last question yes. is, what are three things that brings you joy? Only three. The only three things. Only three things. Wow. I know well, it's difficult. People are <laughs> always what, having a tough time. What brings me, I think... Uh, God's God's mysterious ways, how he works things out, mm-hmm. uh, the way how he does things and 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 the way how he orchestrates every person's life differently. Mm-hmm. And my life in certain ways will never be like yours mm-hmm. and your life will never be like mine. But there is a common ground that God is the creator of us. That's definitely true. The first thing is uh, trusting in God, that God can do, that with God all things are possible and, and He can make things happen mm-hmm. without, but like beyond what you can say or comprehend. Uh, second thing that brings me joy is, I think, people. Sometimes people scare me. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to run away. But, but I, I think, I think, uh, People bring me joy the way how I see them as image bearers of of God. And then a third thing would be the word of God itself is the one that when you read, when you go back, when you contemplate on the truth from scripture, 
and uh, and God's promises. I, th- I think I think I think I think I particularly I like Old Testament stories. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that that's yeah. definitely reading these Old Testament stories. How God intervened with His people from Moses from Moses' days to to the prophets, and I think reading the Old Testament stories is 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 an, is a third thing that gives me joy that I can rejoice in God, knowing that I also I can trust in Him. Hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> percent, and uh, and having said that, if you if you end up nowhere else, ending ending in the hands of God is the best thing that can happen to you. Or falling in the hands of God is the safest net to fall. You will mm-hmm. never fall through. If you end up nowhere else, you will always, as a dear child of God, always will end up in the hands of God. This is Jesus Christ's great promise that no one will snatch you out of his hands thank you so much romans for this time and for it what a joy just to hear how wonderfully the lord has worked in your life and i know he still he continues to work in our life yeah until the day that christ comes once again and to reign as king forever yes And if you wouldn't mind just closing us in prayer. Yeah. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you, God, and thank you so much for your awesomeness, for your greatness, for your goodness, kindness, generosity. And particularly, I would like to highlight the word kindness because, because your kindness melted my heart, melted my rock hardened heart to respond with repentance in my heart and embracing Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord. And Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you that I didn't feel intimidated before the camera, that I was able to share this wonderful story of yours freely without any without without any intimidation. And God, and I also pray for those who will be hearing this testimony, God, if there is anyone or someone whose life is reckless whose life is dark and 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 who doesn't see hope i pray god that this testimony would be used to bring many more unsaved souls in your precious son's kingdom and god and i pray that there might be some orphans or foster care kids that struggle currently with the same issues that I struggled when I, wa- when I was in their shoes. I pray, God, that this testimony also would stir their hearts, God. Because being orphan is not fun. Being left with no parents, going through these dark, tough situations, God, is not fun, God. And if there are some foster care kids, some foster care teens or orphan teens that don't know where they're going to end their lives, God. I pray, God, that you would use this testimony to dare them to put trust in Jesus Christ. Because you, Jesus Christ, can definitely, definitely sympathize with our pain, struggles, loneliness, depression, rejection, emotional, mental, spiritual pain, God. And thank you so much, Jesus Christ, that you have never been some kind of like abstract person that we cannot understand. Thank you so much, Jesus Christ, that you took the form of human flesh, came on this earth 
lived among sinners, and then have to die as an innocent man on the cross for our sins. Thank you so much, Jesus Christ. And my thankfulness is small comparing to what you have done. I pray and I praise you and I give thanks in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description.